time for the Film Crickets with Jay Fortier and Chris Marno. On this week's episode, Jay, Chris, and their special guest, Mike Shu, continue with their month-long review of Christmas movies. Jay, Chris, and Mike review the 1989 American Christmas comedy film National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Does it stand the test of time? Let's find out your Film Crickets are on now. Good afternoon, good evening, good day, everyone, wherever you are in this wide, wide world of ours. Welcome back to another fully functioning episode of the Film Crickets. Uh, I am a co-host, a co-host with the most, uh, Chris Martino, uh, joined along with my good friend, Jay Fortier. Hey, Jay, what's happening? Um, yeah. It's a little weird. We're on Zoom. Uh, this is a new thing for me. But before we get any further and we have some weird, spontaneous technical difficulty, quick, let's get Mike Shue in here. Mm-hmm. Mike Shue, welcome back. To the film crickets, what's happening? Hi, I'm uh, what they call a cooler. So any podcast I go on, something <laughs> technically will go wrong. Something will break. <laughs> something will crash. There'll be a lot of foot, like uh, hours and hours of, of uh, footage lost. So I'm really excited to be here for this would be my fifth appearance, but only my second actual appearance, right? <laughs> I, I, this actually sure. works. So. I'm not sure if we're actually up to a baker's dozen, but it's, it's possible. Right. It's so, possible at this point. I, I'll try um, not to mess things up this time. Well, I'm, I'm, we're really glad you're here. We're really thank you for uh, letting us piggyback on your Zoom, which we really, really oh, yeah, appreciate. Sure. Apparently, this is the way that we can do this. Um, and tell us again about where you're at, your radio, your podcast. Oh, yeah. so- Drop it on us one more time. Sure. I'm uh, I'm the morning host at 100 FM, The Pike in Worcester, Massachusetts. I'm on Monday through Friday, 6 to 10. I'm also part of the Breaking the Ice podcast with Josh Dolan and Isaiah. And I also do a Neil Young podcast called Long May You Young uh, with Luke and Russ Condon. I think uh, Luke Condon has been on Film Crickets, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, Luke, he has. Yeah. Luke has been on. And, yeah. Uh, and yeah, Josh Dolan two weeks Josh. ago. Yeah. What movie did you cover with Luke? He considers himself quite the movie buff, but I think that's Awakenings. A lot of- Oh, okay. yes. Did, was he, did he sound like he knew what he was talking about? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Good. Uh, good. I will. Uh, was it? Um, I'm sorry. Who was it again last week? Uh, Josh Dolan. Josh. I, I didn't want. I thought you just said Josh. Uh, Josh has a preternatural disposition to the Santa Claus. Yes. Um, that I feel as though we need to have a small intervention on mm. um, because I'm a little scared for him. I think it's I think it's a cry for help. No, I'm kidding. I'm just, I'm, I'm just kidding. No, he just, I mean, look, I used to watch like as a movie I watched every day, but I've never known anybody to choose as their go-to uh, the Santa Claus. So more power to him. He explained why he liked it and why it meant it so much to him. But boy, oh boy, I'd never, that threw me for a loop. Were you aware of this? No, um, no, but Josh is a very, has very interesting issues. He, uh, <laughs> you know, he can't, um, if you say the word treat, he gets, like there's a visceral reaction, like the veins will pop out on uh, in his head and he'll have to turn away and he becomes very angry for a few seconds. Treat? There's no, yeah, the word Halloween, tre- just the Halloween word must. Well, no, it's different. Suck for him. No, it's, it's, it's <laughs> what? different. If you say trick or treat, he can't, he doesn't react yeah. like that. If you just say, hey, that, that'd be a real okay. treat. He'll, he'll like oh for some reason and we don't know what it is we we talked to psychologists together on the breaking the ice podcast and we tried to find the origin of that particular issue and 
There's there's nothing. It's just a, it's a word that drives him bonkers. I can't oh, explain it. He's he's that's a weird fascinating. Dude. Yeah. The man didn't um, have a fluff another like some... sandwich until he was, you know, like 29 years old, too. So that's another major issue. It's but, a... Yeah. Oh my God. Wow. He's a weird dude. Yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of guess like some people's moist. Um, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Some people just don't like the word moist. Yeah. I mean, I like the state <laughs> of moist, but uh, maybe not the word. Um, all right. So, uh, so Mike, I'm so glad that you're back and I'm so glad that things are working because um, the times that you have been on and it's been, and, and it's been working, uh, I dare say that some, some gems I uh, have come through your microphone into the great wide internet. Uh, I would like to say uh, again, uh, uh, Natick's own, uh, yes. uh, Natick's own Mike Shu. <laughs> um, so it's been great. So I'm I'm really curious to see about this movie. So, uh, so Jay, we um, who's um, whose idea? So the movie this week is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and uh, it's it's an interesting selection, no doubt. Uh, and I just I don't know. Uh, Jay and I talk a lot, but I don't know where the uh, the synthesis of this was. Like, who chose? Um, I did. National Lampoons. Was it you or was it was it yeah. you did? All right. So mm-hmm. that's your deal. Okay. Cool. So so uh, and, and I'm sure Mike was was well along for the ride. So so let's start. So we're going to talk about uh, National Lampoons Christmas Vacation. I guess we're following a holiday theme. Did the Santa Claus last time? We're doing this now. Um, so let me throw it out there. Prior to the, I don't know when you watched this movie, but prior to recent viewing, when was the last time you saw this film beginning to end? And I will go to Mike first. Uh, That would be when it came out in theaters. Okay. That long? That long ago. Wow. Impressive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. It was a date. And... um, I wasn't thoroughly impressed with the movie at the time, but I think I was nervous because I was on a date. So I was a little distracted. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then I found that my date at the time was not impressed with the movie either. And (laughs) that kind of sparked things right there. We both thought the movie was kind of lame. And uh, then that led to another date. So that worked out pretty well. So that was the last time I saw it. All right, cool. Um, Because it's on every year. Like yeah, it's, that's why it's I was kind saying, of that's impressive. It's replacing. It. <laughs> it's kind of replacing like Christmas Story whoa, as whoa, something. Whoa, 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 whoa! No, no, I didn't say it's replacing it as replacing a movie. It, that's no, no, no that's no. that's okay. not what I meant. All right, what I mean to I say re- is because Josh no. has the Santa Claus. Um, like yeah. a Christmas Story is like a, a movie I could watch all year round. I was just no, saying no, Christmas I'm, Day. It airs twenty four seven. That's like, what like, I was getting at. Is that the Christmas story is on a is on a twenty four hour loop, and I do believe the other day that I thought when I was in New York, I I I think I tuned in and they had a vacation on in a loop. That's what I mean by replacing. Oh no no, Christmas story is a far superior movie to this movie. I mean, just in scope and theme, no doubt about it. No, I'm with you there. Have, uh, but go ahead, Jay. I'm sorry. I, I, no, no, I, I cut another. you off. No, no, no. I was just <laughs> wanting to add for that uh, the 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 marathon there. Um, but I think um, we've discovered there's a word that upsets Mike replacing <laughs> just well, like yeah, Josh. No, 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 no I don't. Kidding. I don't like I don't get like, <laughs> yes. veins popping out in my head. And I don't like hold my breath until I calm down like Josh does when you say treat. But I don't know. I thought you were saying that it's replacing a Christmas story as one of the classics. But it does. It does surprise me how this has become like a classic every year people talk about it like a Christmas story and it's a wonderful life, mm-hmm. you know, and all, and all those other movies that come on every year. 
Right. Um, I just, when I first saw it, I didn't think it would go anywhere like this. Like it would last at all, much like mm -hmm. European vacation, you know, it was right. kind of lame and, and it would go away. I, it's funny. I was, I did not want to see Christmas vacation at first because I hated European vacation. Right. I, I other than moments, like there are mm -hmm. moments I liked, you know, big Ben parliament. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, the, I, I like, you know, what's Eric Idle when he gets into the accident, and he, they, he's still polite and he wants to give them directions and he goes like mm. this and blood just starts flying out of his wrist. Funny, you know, he, when they whip the uh, beret off of the Eiffel Tower and the dog goes after it like a Frisbee moments. Other than mm -hmm. that, I hated the movie. You know, it's like they got to Paris by being on a game show dressed like pigs. Right. Yeah. Uh, the kids, you know, the kids were like the rusty was like six four you know now and 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 mm -hmm. it seemed like audrey was shorter and it was just really really weird i i know they mm -hmm. they recast because uh anthony michael hall was not there and and they, i didn't know that at the time hmm? what mm -hmm. and, and they're kind of gross say? like the kids are the, the kids are gross right so wow. like basically because he wasn't around like he was filming something else like, so they decided yeah. to recast mm -hmm. and so the, they the poor girl who played uh audrey like was mm -hmm. was about to be recast but they were like well, let's just recast both if we can't have anthony michael also <laughs> the girl like thanks gets to star in it um gee thanks <clears throat> so i was like uh, skeptical but i ended up seeing it maybe like on video i didn't watch it in the theater because i was like i don't want to see that stupid thing you know I ended up I, loving it. Can I can I bring something up about Russ and Audrey? So sure. mm -hmm. in the first two movies, I believe Russ is the big brother, right? Mm -hmm. I and think now, so. All of a sudden, yeah. Audrey is older than him in Christmas vacation. Oh yeah, yeah. It was it was basically, I think by Christmas, yeah. they were like, let's just do what the hell we want. Like right. we've already changed the kids once. We're yeah. gonna change them again, you know, like unless mm -hmm. it's like make it fit the story. Yep, and that's why when they came out with uh, Vegas Vacation, there was a little mm -hmm. joke thrown in that said, "You kids are growing up so fast, I don't recognize you anymore." <laughs> right. you know, so, which was good, you know, I liked that. But yeah, it was really weird, like to see Juliette Lewis, like you know, she's the uh, teen, and the kid is now I, gone from like, like from yeah, the only good part of Vegas like, Vacation. He's like so that's twelve nice. years old. He's like twelve, like in this movie, he's like prepubescent. Yeah, that's John. Uh, that's John Galecki, who um, I saw this movie in the in the theater. I I, I watch it every year that it's on because it's always on TBS. Um, I typically don't watch it from credits to credits. I always seem to pick it up in the same spot for whatever that means. I, I will. I I do find that uh, I'm disappointed when the movie when he uh, in the TV version when they drop the f bomb that he that he throws in it because it's the best line. In the entire movie um and the little tirade that he goes on uh right before he drops the f-bomb was super um but i do remember i did see it in the theater i don't know if it was a date i did like it and i think i'm in the same boat as jay i was expecting it to like it was just a gross movie like the kids in a strip joint and a, and a girl can't get over not being with her boyfriend and and all that stuff so so it was a pleasant surprise and i think mike you kind of hit on something before when does something become a classic like what's the what's the what's the fermentation period on a movie becoming a classic and then once you're over that hump 
is it over? Like Jingle All the Way is not a classic. It's about as old, right? But it's not a classic. So what? And people didn't religiously watch Jingle. It's not a classic. You think it's a, is it a classic? No, I'm shaking my head because this is about like maybe like uh, six or seven years older or maybe more. Eight. Is it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, either way, I mean, do you foresee Jingle All the Way becoming a classic later on, right? I don't no, know what the no, story is. No, I would is say with... this has more strength, I think. Yeah, uh, so, I would say so. I agree. Um, or like, I don't know what the what the gap is between the Christmas story coming out in the theater and it becoming with something we have to watch on a 24-hour loop. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, when did that happen? Like, who decided? Um, which I find interesting. That that's the that's the test right there. You know, it mm-hmm. becomes a classic when it becomes a 24 hour loop. There's no denying <laughs> it, right? But but then it when it becomes a, an even bigger classic is when they take it away for a while, like the Charlie Brown specials and stuff like that, right? They took it away for a couple of years. You couldn't see mm-hmm. those. Yep. So that's when you know you're really huge when they withhold it. Like mm-hmm. they don't show it's a wonderful life on a continuous loop. You know, the you got to take that in small doses, but a Christmas story. True. You know, yeah. Right. I think that. Um. You can. I. I just think that because I just watched it earlier today for only the second time, and there, much like Jay, I found some funny parts in it, and I can see it's 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 so there's a lot of things in it that are so universal. So I think I can understand why if you mix it with the kind of the, you know, the humor in there and, and stuff, well, how it becomes a classic. Cause it's very uh, compared to the other vacation movies. It's very family friendly uh, outside of, you know, the, the language in some parts and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But the language in the parts that they did, at least they reserved it to moments when it would be ex- like extremely funny. You know what I mean? Right. Like when he yeah. drops that line, which I'll say later, I mean, it's, it's perfect, but yeah, most of it is fairly, it's fairly tame. It's just basically the focus of the movie is how much can we screw around with, with Clark W. Griswold until he cracks. And that's basically it, right? It, it, mm-hmm. it, I'm not going to read the IMDb thing because I'm afraid to leave the page, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> but, um, uh, but, but effectively what it says is eternally, something along the lines of eternally optimistic Clark Griswold tries to bring his family a perfect Christmas or something along those lines. And that's effectively what it is. Eternally optimistic. Like, is that how you guys would like describe Clark Griswold? Well, I mean, yeah, because it, yep. that's what, that's exactly. He wants to go across country to Wally world. Getting there is half the fun. He doesn't mm-hmm. realize that they're all going to be eating at each other's faces by the end. They're, they're going to be right. so pissed. You know, just the small things that build slowly that start to ruin what his imagination is. Mm-hmm. You know, he really thinks that things are going to be awesome no matter what. Mm-hmm. That, like, for instance, in this, he's like, you know, I, I've always wanted to do this. I mean, like his tones are kind of like this. And then the moment mm-hmm. everyone shows up and all, you know, it is all going ballistic at the same time. Mm-hmm. I'll be outside. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They just arrived. Yep. I'll be. I'm yep. going to be outside, and I'll you know come back uh, when it's over. He's he's <laughs> he's. I mean, you, you guys are dads, right? So mm-hmm. yep. you know, there's there's that thing where you've got to be the kind of the biggest cheerleader for a family plan or a project, and then when it starts going wrong, 
mm-hmm. you don't want to admit you're wrong. So you try to stay as positive as possible. Well, it's okay. You know, the house burned down, but we can still, you know, do this or whatever. And so, you know, like, like in all the, the vacation movies. So that's the, you know, I think that's, that's one of the things that people identified with and Clark Griswold anyway, mm-hmm. in these movies is that, I think every, every dad is like that at some point where it's like, Oh, come on, it's going to be okay. You know, the car got stolen and you know, we lost the baby or whatever, but you're, mm-hmm. you know, our vacation's <laughs> gonna be awesome. you know, trying to maintain the positive, trying to maintain a positive baby. thing, you know, being the, you know, the, the positive cheerleader and stuff. And that's so, and it's like this, mm-hmm. you know, it's filled with all of those themes in this movie, they're pretty mm-hmm. common themes. And I think that's why it's become a classic because it shares themes with it's a wonderful life mm-hmm. and with a Christmas story where the dad in a Christmas story was very much like that too. He was like, Oh, it's a major award, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a leg lamp mm-hmm. yeah, you know, yeah. and he's making it like it's the biggest thing in the whole world, you know? And, and mm-hmm. the whole thing where the, you know, you can't take your relatives for too long and you, everybody's got that one weird uncle and putting up the damn mm-hmm. lights and the tree won't fit and the neighbors are jerks. Mm-hmm. You know, these are all things we can all relate to, you know? So I think that's, that's part of the reason why I think over the years it's become a classic, but to me, it's like, it's still that movie that you can really only watch at Christmas time. You can't watch this in July. Sure. Like, I want a few laughs. I'm going to watch a Christmas vacation, but that's not the one right. you go to. I mean, if you want to watch a Christmas movie, it's going to be a Christmas story or, or it's a wonderful or a bad Santa or something like that, which is not a classic, which is not a classic, but I'm not saying that's a classic. Oh, wait a minute. We just had, it's a wonderful life. Frank Capra would be like, this, there's a movie called bad Santa. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm right. just going to say that I do agree that he's optimistic. I, I think his whole deal. And, and I want to bring this up is that I'm not going to talk about European vacation. I only saw it once and I hated it. I have seen the first one a lot and I've seen this one a lot to be Frank. And in the first vacation movie, he, like you said, he look getting there is half is the fun. And he just won't let go of the idea that this is all going South, right? Like you said, like, we're going to be the biggest cheerleader. I agree with that. And that's what makes it kind of funny is just, Oh no, we're going to have a good time regardless. Even if I have to take this guy hostage and put a gun, right. uh, Allegedly against him the entire time, we're going to ride the rides while I hold this guy hostage. And, that movie it culminates to that moment like it builds to he's finally had it when he punches the moose it it's over like that's it so when we get to this christmas vacation what i like about this and i and i might be reading too much into it they they let they do the characters some justice by letting him watch that movie in the attic mm-hmm. of his home movies that he hasn't seen in a hundred years and they play the the Ray Charles song underneath and it's very touching because it's informing us what he's actually thinking when he's going through all of yeah. all these things right so so why does it have to be the 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 Gris, the the Griswold family Christmas why can't it just be Christmas and the fact of the matter is he's trying to recapture those awesome feelings he had when he was small and it was just him and his mom. If you watch those vi- the, the 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 home movies that he actually shed it sheds a tear about the only touching mo- the only touching moment in a lot of vacation movies, I guess, would be him watching that 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 movie, the film of him when he was a child in the fifties, and him recollecting how good it felt back in the day. And that's what he wants to give his family. 
that's all anybody wants to do, right? They want to give their family how they felt when they were six. The trouble is he's misguided because in those films of Christmas from the 1950s with his family, it doesn't have all this other crap that, that Clark is trying to do. There's no sledding thing. There's no like awesome. We got to go cut down a tree in the middle of the woods. There's no putting 5 million lights on the house. There's none of that. It's just very simple. And he thinks he needs to manufacture that feeling when really it should just come from being with your family. Right. Right. So I, Mm -hmm. it's interesting to me that, that that's his motivation is spelled out in that movie, but he doesn't do anything like that movie for the rest of the movie. It's all this out of control, pie in the sky, high expectations that are absolutely unattainable. They're unattainable, right? And that's why people mm. go so crazy at Christmas time because they have these unattainable expectations mm. when it should really just be, hey, let's just hang. You know, I don't Absolutely. know. Absolutely. I totally, yeah. I totally agree, Chris. I completely <laughs> yeah. agree. In fact, near the end of the movie, when everything, you know, when people are starting to leave and he doesn't want them to leave and he has mm-hmm. that moment with his dad and he says, how did you survive it all? Mm-hmm. Because he he admits it to him at near the end. He goes, oh, all our holidays were terrible. He says that. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, you're absolutely right. He wants to make, maybe he wants to make up for that too. Because the film will only, it's the film's kind of like social media. They'll only show, or, or Instagram. You know, you look at somebody's mm-hmm. life and it's like, wow, look, they're in Fiji and they're, you know, they're mm-hmm. eating veal or whatever. And this is beautiful. We're at Firefest. Um, I mean, yeah, right. Yeah, Firefest. It's too good to be true. <laughs> but in reality, that was just the film. There was it didn't show all the others. Mm-hmm. That was like ten minutes of film, right? And then there was all the other stuff that went mm-hmm. horribly, apparently. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it was kind of right. like he he didn't want that either. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Christmas mm-hmm. is it, all the hall, especially like Christmas. But you know, Thanksgiving, all the big holidays are like that. You build it up. You, there's so much buildup. It's like, got to get our shopping done and we got to get the family and the house mm-hmm. ready and the decorations up before the friggin' neighbor does. So he doesn't side eye us, mm-hmm. you know, and all that stuff. And it's, it's yeah. And it just, it's not real. And for example, last year was the first time ever that my family and I didn't rush off somewhere after having our time Christmas morning, or we weren't traveling or we weren't in another state. We just decided, mm-hmm. and you know, it was, it was the pandemic and we didn't really want to, you know, get in a large group anyway. And we're like, mm-hmm. we're just going to stay home. We're going to open our presents and then we're not even going to, we're just going to stay home and we're going to order Chinese food. Mm-hmm. And it was like one of the best Christmases I've ever had in my life. And we didn't <laughs> yeah, see right. anybody. We didn't see anybody. We didn't see the neighbors. We didn't see any other family. It was just the three of us. We watched movies all day. You know, we had some mm-hmm. low main, you know, we, we just, we had a good time mm-hmm. and you're absolutely right. Chris, people should just let it happen. Yeah, I know. And well, the, the, I guess that's the lesson with these vacation movies. You just got to mm-hmm. let it happen. Right. And, and, and he's, he's, he loses his mind because he just can't let go. Like you just got to let go. You have to admit when just things aren't, I mean, some of the, some of the things that go wrong are for comedic effect. Like the sled scene is ridiculous. Mm. Funny is, I think I, I remember laughing really hard when I saw that in theater because you don't expect it to go ping, yeah. and it goes flying like Mach 5 down the thing. Like, that's all useless. But the but the other stuff is just, I mean, what says it better than, and I'm, again, I'm paraphrasing, when he's, he's standing by the window 
and 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 Beverly Eugenia <laughs> says, "What are you thinking about?" It's like, "Oh, I'm just admiring the you know the the snow on the mm-hmm. in the Christmas morning and this and this and you know the wonderful sound in the air and that asshole um, emptying his, his chemical yeah. Yeah. emptying his chemical toilet and then real quick shit is full and yeah. then back to the scene. I mean, that's that's the says, reality of the situation. Have we situation. checked our shitters lately, honey? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> she has to down she's always trying to downplay she's like you know be you know be nice he doesn't you know he doesn't know any better like mm-hmm. everything's just like you know <laughs> yeah these are, this like, is the classic she's the, the classic you know husband wife mom dad setup the the husband's the kind of bumbling guy and the mom is the patient and more you know encouraging nurturing you know woman it's that it's that that classic setup Mm-hmm. there but it, you know what what the scene you described right there chris is mm-hmm. throughout the whole movie because they'll they remember when he was reading uh the night before christmas yep. you know and they, they have the music playing and the fire and everybody's smiling and looking at him in wonder and it's mm-hmm. the, it's christmas eve and then you know what happens after that that's when the cops bust in right or something yep. like that yeah um so, yeah so it's, it's actually no, it's when Eddie's coming up the driveway. With oh, and he has yeah, he up. has the right, right. Mm-hmm. So the because whole movie basically like says, that. you know, it has it has his, like these uh, these beautiful little moments, and then something terrible. So it kind of like pulls you in, and then and then kind of tricks you again. I yeah, right. I was saying that I was saying that to my wife because everything, all the all the shit goes down on Christmas Eve, right? That's the really that is that is ground zero for everything going poorly everything in the movie is set up for like a little wound up clock to be released on christmas eve and all the bad stuff's going to happen all at once and what's really great about the movie is that it's not like it's a slow build and then suddenly everything goes apeshit it's your it's like you said mike it's it's a small disaster and then they come back from it and then things get normal again. And then it's another disaster. And then they get no and it gets normal again. So it's almost like Clark is not allowed. It would almost be better if it all just blew up at once. But Clark is not allowed to actually enjoy anything. He gets a couple minutes apiece and then it's a disaster. And then a couple minutes apiece and then it's a disaster. And I think that's actually funnier than just building up to this big thing like punching the moose at the end. Mm-hmm. I finally had it because he's had it like five times in a row. Like right before, what happens right? But and I can't keep them straight because so many bad things happen that night. What happens right before they're reading the night before Christmas? I'm sorry, the nightmare before Christmas. <laughs> they're reading the I'm night sorry. before Christmas. Yeah, they're reading the night before Christmas. But right before that was when he confesses to his dad. You know, I can't do it. How'd you get through it? And he said, yeah. Jack Daniels. I mean, like <clears throat> bad stuff's happened before that, but it's they are still the family still comes together to do this tradition. Yeah. Most yeah. normal people would be like, I'm out of here. I'm going to go to bed. It's well, the, over. You know what I mean? The tree well, broke down and then he yeah. cuts down another one. Then the squirrel happens. So wait a minute. Right before the, they read that story, wasn't he wielding a chainsaw? Because he because he cut down another tree. Oh, yeah. Because right. the tree burned down. Right. And then, yeah. Right. Yeah. And then he was uh, basically he had it with him um, and was still in like you know, douche mode. Like, so he's like, mm-hmm. he, 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 he uh, started it up and uh, fixed the newel post. 
Yeah. Because that thing was always loose. Like, so mm-hmm. she was like, forget this, you know, which basically is basically saying, which is a no. nod to, uh, that's, that's kind of a nod to it's a wonderful life. Yes. Cause remember Jimmy Stewart would come in and, and he would grab the, the railing and the head post would come off every time. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you get you got made him really angry one time, but then he really appreciated that, you know. But mm-hmm. that was kind of a nod to that, which I thought was pretty funny. And then the other, if we're uh, if I can keep going with this, the other tribute in there was the whole fantasy pool scene. <laughs> so right, okay, so he, he imagines the pool out there with the family, and then the mm-hmm. the lingerie counter girl is there. Mm-hmm. And she's got a red bathing suit on and he's mm-hmm. watching out the window and she's coming up the ladder out of the pool. Right. Mm-hmm. What's that from? Do you guys remember what that's from? That's from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Is that just oh, Fast Times at uh, Ridgemont uh, High? When she came up. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. the Phoebe Cates. The Phoebe Cates scene. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> I thought you were going in the direction of that, like, I, always... I, I thought you were saying uh, that that was some reference to it's a wonderful life. I'm like, I don't remember any moment <laughs> yeah. of the pool. <laughs> don't you remember? I don't remember and... Jimmy. <laughs> I don't remember Jimmy Stewart masturbating by right. a window. Right. I, I, right. I, uh, all right. Anyhow. And his uncle knocks on the door and he goes, this is I, 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 knock anymore. And yeah, you know, <laughs> I don't anybody. If you're just fucking knocking. Anymore. Oh yeah. That's, that's what this one, that's what this one on this finger was for. I got to remember to knock when you're in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. The other, the other one was for getting more tissues. Um, so that's gross. That's, that's really gross. I'm so really sorry about that. That's, Poor Ray Capra. Um, no wonder he was depressed. So, um, you know, you know, Clark is a, is an odd guy for a lot of reasons because, and we were talking about this too. His heart's in the right place. Obviously, he wants what's best for his family, even though it's completely misguided. And uh, you know, he needs to learn to let go when things don't go well. But but on the other side of it, he has a miserable temper. You know what I mean? When it finally goes, it goes. I mean, he'll wield a chainsaw mm-hmm. uh, and, and you know. And pull a gun. And pull it, yeah, and pull a gun on right? somebody. Yeah. And he loves his wife, but boy, is he trolling for ladies a lot. I mean, he told her, he told the counter person that his wife was dead. No, yeah. Dead or what? No, divorce. Well, divorce. At, at first it, like it was, dead, was dead. Yeah. But he changed his mind because that was off. a little too yeah. over the top. Right. Like, who is this guy? <laughs> right. Well, you know, like he's, well, he's the normal dad. You know, I, I think he's a I, normal dad. All right. You know, it's I like he's been married for a long for time. One. I mean, I can't speak for part two, I meant, but part one, he jumps in the pool naked with uh, Christy Brinkley. Yeah. Right. And I guess the so, idea is who wouldn't, but I mean, yeah, I don't but know. Why, why would you do that if you were married to Beverly D'Angelo, which is really mm, the biggest joy I got out of this movie is being able to see Beverly D'Angelo, who I think is just painfully beautiful and super talented and, uh, you know, and, and really the saving grace of, of, uh, European vacation. She was one of the only good parts of that. And, and the one after this, the Vegas vacation, you know, she was great in that too, you know, but, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So why, I mean, you have someone like Beverly D'Angelo, why would you do that? I I don't know. It's, I, I mean, it's not even subtle. He's just like, oh, it's too bad she's dead. What? <laughs> what? Like, this flirting? But that's not, like, that's, wow. That's yeah. 
flirting is one thing. That's not flirting. That's, that's kind of <laughs> gross. I do love love watching uh, Bill Murray's brother there, Brian mm-hmm. Doyle mm-hmm. Murray. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Great. I love him. what is it like? He he always does the same thing, and I don't care. Like right. he's just so good. Get me get somebody on the line, and yeah. get me somebody else while I'm waiting. What the hell does that even mean? Like he's so. I, I don't know. I wish I had his voice sometimes because it's perfect. Yeah. Right. And no, it's very good. Uh, the, what's great is um, sometimes the stuff I, I'd watch it for years and then my wife would be pointing stuff out to me and I'd be like, oh, my God, I never noticed that because sometimes I'm focused on dialogue and maybe not necessarily stuff that's happening. And it's funny when he walks into the boardroom to talk to the the boss who's obviously it's stereotypical boardroom that you'd imagine of like the the you know the dominating boss that's way in the distance on the other Mm -hmm. end of the boardroom table you know and when he said get me something while i'm waiting you know so i just want to let you know we've got you a little something special for christmas and he puts it down and all the boxes are the exact same shape Mm -hmm. that every other employee got for the like the exact the like like these hat, like semi tall like on one side, then yeah, but like the exact every every got everybody got them the same. Really, I, I, I was not yeah. I was never that. paying attention. Yep. Yeah, I saw that before. That's funny. So not only are and they getting, it, they're getting impersonal gifts from their boss, but they're giving their boss impersonal mm-hmm. gifts because they're all the same gift. Right. right. <laughs> well, it's cool. but there's other physical jokes that like i said i never saw because I, like i might have been just focused on what they were saying to each other and not like, really picking up do you guys see in walmart when uh eddie's putting all the different dog foods on mm-hmm. and um he, clark thinks he's done so he takes he thinks he's done putting all the stuff there and he takes a thing of light bulbs he puts it down and then eddie throws a 40 pound bag right on top. <laughs> yes, i missed that funny. Right. No, I missed that. All right, I missed, all right. I, like I said, I always did. I've always done that. Like you know, I until think, like all of a sudden, someone. Ah. I think I missed that because I'm just astonished at how rude Randy Quaid is. Like I'm mm-hmm. astonished at how anybody puts up with him, even if he is family. Like there is a point, even if you're family, you go, you're in the way. Like you got to intervene. Like that's I, I, what I don't get. Like I know that's the that's the character, and I know that's kind of his comic relief. Like, oh, look what I have to put up with. But you have no money, but you're throwing like hundreds of dollars with a dog food in my cart, and not saying, "Can I? Do you mind if I'll pay it back later?" He's just going plop, and it just goes to show when he's like, when he when Clark, uh, the goodness who is does have a good heart, even though he's trolling for babes, <laughs> does have a good heart. And he says, no, I, I know that you're having a tough time. I want to get your kids stuff for Christmas. And he says, oh, I couldn't, I couldn't. And then here's a list. Like after he apologizes, Alphabetical. He, already has, Alphabetical. he already has a list organized. Yes. Yeah. So you're a douchebag. You're a horrible person. Um, I don't get it. And But, uh, but Chris, he's family. Yeah. And no, that's, but, that's what it's all about, right? I mean, you were saying, I, why do we still do this? And yeah. it's because you don't get to what's the saying you can choose your friends but you can't choose your family is that it yeah. is that the yeah. saying mm-hmm. so um you know that's what it that's part again one of the things that makes this a christmas classic because it's something mm-hmm. they convey very well in this movie sure you know relatives especially when they're coming to your house are going to drive mm-hmm. you nuts 
You yeah, know, there's a reason why you all still don't live together, you know, and it's because they're driving you nuts. And and so, yeah, yeah Eddie's like just a terrible person and he's mm-hmm. obviously not very smart or is he? You never really know. Mm-hmm. But he did go out and do what Clark wanted him to do. Right. Or not wanted him, but what like Clark wanted for Christmas was to kidnap his boss and bring him back to the house. (laughs) You know, he did go out and do that, you know, which is, you know, let's talk about abducting another human being. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's not an easy job, you guys. Okay. Mm -hmm. Think about the effort he put into this gift. You know, it's not like he's giving him a gift card. He's, he gave him something he worked on really hard and wrapped him. Right. Yeah, that's true. Put a bow on him. You know, had to get him out of his house and into his RV and then had to make sure he was like, you know, stayed still while he drove. I mean, this is there's a lot into abducting a human being. So the love is there. Okay? The love is there. It's and I there. show it through human trafficking. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> well, let's, wow. let's go. Let's go back for a quick second to part one of the regular vacation. When they see Cousin Eddie, they're standing at the car. And Eddie's drinking a beer and he says to Clark, he says, I suppose you could use a cool one. And he's like, now you're talking. He, so Eddie uh, opens one up, hands him the one that he's been drinking out of. Yes. And Eddie starts drinking. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so it's that style that mm-hmm. he's, he's been going with from the jump. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then Clark does those little moments, uh, you know, in this one where he's like, you know, can I uh, refill your eggnog? Can I uh, do this? Can I drive you out to the middle of nowhere? Leave you for dead? No, I'm just fine, Clark. Like <laughs> yeah, it's just right. Like, totally right over his head. Just you know. <laughs> I think. I mean, the the banter is great. Yeah, it, it is. I I really like how uh, what's what's Eddie? He says at one point, you know, they're at the Christmas table, and he says, "Hey, kids, I hear you know the airport so found Santa on the radar." Right. Yes. And Eddie, the only way he responds is just. Are you serious, Clark? <laughs> like, what the? F- like, that's it. That's the whole line. He looks at him. Not even. I can't even. Dis- I can't deliver the line properly because he nails it perfectly. It's like, are you? It's not even. I can't even. He has a bit of disdain. Not even confusion. I can't even. What a choice he made to say that line like that. Like, you serious, Clark? Yeah. Like, and he. What's he gonna say? He's gonna say, "No, I'm not serious." Right. And crush his family's heart right. or say, yes, I am serious. And then he's just going to say something else. You know what I mean? So he's almost like, well, I'm trapped. I can't say anything. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Eddie. You totally took the wind out of my sails on that one. Oh, that's good stuff. That's that's the brilliance of Randy Quaid. You know, yeah. before he lost his mind. I mean, he, mm-hmm. his timing and just the way he could strike a chord, you know, especially mm-hmm. as that character. I mean, that's. Mm-hmm. You know, you couldn't, I don't think anybody else could do that role really after that first time. It's amazing to me because I watch him and I go, Dennis Quaid in his day was so (laughs) goddamn handsome, right? He's a handsome man. There's no way around it. What the hell happened to Randy Quaid? I don't. Wow. Because Dennis Quaid's handsome. Dennis Quaid got the looks, but I think Randy got the talent. I'll you give you that. At, you look at Randy's, you know, movies. I mean, you know, he's he's usually done a pretty a pretty good job. I don't know if you guys ever saw his very first movie called The Last Detail with Jack Nicholson. That's something uh, worth seeking out. All right. 
it's it's really good. It's you mm-hmm. know maybe some it came out I think in the seventies, so I don't know if it would qualify for a film crickets uh, episode. But mm-hmm. um, you know Randy Randy Quaid's a good actor. I mean pre you know losing his mind and running to Canada, um, but you know he's he's a I have to say he's a better actor than his brother anyway. Did you did you hear what I'm sorry to break a little bit, but did you hear what Ryan Reynolds said about people going to Canada? Uh, you know, he, he, no. he went on the late show and he goes, he goes, you know, when Americans always, when Americans say they don't like what's going on in America, they always say, we're going to go to Canada. And he goes, as a Canadian, I have to tell you, we don't want you. This is not your safe house. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's so funny. What is Canada hey, 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 this isn't, I mean, we're not, we're not, this isn't like, you know, like, stop it. We don't really want you here. I just thought we're not your safe house was really yeah. funny. Um, well, Beverly D'Angelo also shows like, even though she's always like, you know, like defending her uh, cousin Eddie, like he was like, you know, he doesn't know any better. Like, you know, she's trying to do that. But when he goes to kiss her, hello, she's like, mm. yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. like backing off. Mm-hmm. She won't let him actually touch her. Yeah. No. Well, remember, according to uh, his daughter in the first movie, um, you know, he said she's the best French kisser in the whole county. Yeah. So there may be an issue with Eddie there. It know. might. Yeah. Just, just a tad. Um, we haven't we haven't once talked about the guy from Pritzy's Honor, which is unfortunate. The blessing. Oh, uh, Michael. Hickey? Oh, yeah. Is that his yes. name? Yeah. Oh, there's, there's two people from Pritzy's Honor. There's him. And who's the guy that plays Clark's dad? John, is it John I Randolph? I think so. I, I had it on the IMDb before, but yes, yeah. he's been around. Yeah, he was. I didn't know that. I, I didn't Honor. remember the other one from from Pritzy's Honor. I just remember him. But uh, you couldn't. You're so deaf, you couldn't hear a dump truck drive through a nitroglycerin factory. Yes. Like, who writes this? <laughs> who writes that John line? Hughes. John Hughes. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. <laughs> the. The blessing. (laughs) It's again, another example of relatives are coming over that you haven't seen in a while. And they're these two, this couple who have been married for like 97 years and they just basically tolerate each other's existence. Like everything, not only has all the emotion gone out of the relationship and the love, but just basically all the life. They're just like filling meat bags until they die and they have to go everywhere together because they're married, but she's oblivious because she's got dementia and he's just, he's not supportive hey. at all. Cause I've been with this old bag for mm-hmm. 65 years yeah. or so. And Oh my God, it's perfect. And hey, then you have to hey, endure it. If you're not doing anything constructive. Yeah. <laughs> go in the living room and get my stokey. Get they're, my stogies. They're the they're the most national lampoon thing of this national lampoon movie. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're like making fun of of uh you know the aging, you know, and someone mm-hmm. with dementia and like mm-hmm. that. But that's like, you know, th- that's also a trademark of that generation, too. Like my grandparents were married, you know, 70 something years. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's like they don't you don't get divorced in that generation. Right. Yeah. You, you stick it out. And like you said, Chris, you just go everywhere together and then you just mm-hmm. tolerate each other. That woman, <laughs> by the way, again, one of the best parts of this movie, mm-hmm. you know, it, I oh, thought yeah. she was awesome. And she was uh, May Ketzel. I think is that her name? She um, mm-hmm. was the original voice of Betty Boop. 
Get out oh, of wow. here. Cartoon, yeah. yeah wow. That was, her, that was her last motion picture that she did. Wow. That's <laughs> saying the Pledge of Allegiance for Grace. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and see, that's that's another great family moment. And I think that may be another thing that, that made and this Eddie. a classic is that, you know, you have that one person in your family that may be not of right mind or what, whatever may be the issue, but you kind of just kind of go along with it, you mm-hmm. know? So everybody kind of like makes her feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. You and know? Eddie so stands that, up to do it. They what? Eddie, oh, yeah, that's right. Eddie stood up. That's right. <laughs> 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 I, I, I have to, I have to say there's a couple of things that I know I, I'm going to float it out there. I want to see what you guys think is that. And I think we maybe touched upon it, but don't you think Clark is the only one? Well, Clark's hanging on to tradition. Like Chris, this is a Christmas tradition. This is what we do every year. And if we don't do it every year, then we don't have a holiday. But I'm of the mindset where traditions are nice and there's nothing wrong with tradition, but traditions are just dead people telling you what to do. And if you break tradition, it's not a sin. You just don't want to do it the same thing every year. And I think, Mike, you're an example of that with last year. There's nothing wrong with traveling everywhere and seeing your family. I'm sure you want Mm -hmm. to see them. But the fact that you didn't do it one year was nice. And to me, what 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 you just want to just yell at Clark and go, Clark, you know, it's it's okay to not do the tradition. It's still going to be fine. You know what I mean? I just want to know what like how you guys feel like if it's a tradition, if the tradition is a burden, why do it? I guess is the question. What do you how do you feel about that? Because it could go either way. I've talked to my Mm -hmm. students about this and they go 50 50 on me on this. So I'm asking you. If a tradition is a burden, burden, why bother? Go ahead. Because <laughs> this movie is steeped in that. Do you want to go first, Jay? Sure. Um, I had, um, I used to be really, really tired um, when it came to uh, Christmas Eve through Christmas night. Mm-hmm. Like I was cooked and it would last a few days afterwards. So, um, I live in Massachusetts, born and raised in Rhode Island. So on Christmas Eve, it was tradition to, and still is pretty much minus COVID, uh, to go to my mom's side of the family on Christmas Eve, then come home and, you know, just put the kids to bed or whatever, and then wake up the next morning, do a small amount of our immediate family, then run over to same town, um, my wife's parents' house. Then we would then jet over to uh, Rhode Island again to my father's side of the family. And then uh, her brother, who lives deeper into Rhode Island, he had a little something afterwards. So sometimes we'd go to that. And by the time I get home, I was like, hmm. I spent, I got, I just came home from Disney World. <laughs> you know, have you yeah. ever been to Disney World, Mike? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, like you know how you know what it's like to walk to back to the hotel at like eleven PM, you're like like yeah, looping. Like, what you, just you know, happened? Was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got my ass kicked. So mm-hmm. finally, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm not enjoying Christmas. Mm-hmm. I love everybody, but I'm so tired. Mm-hmm. So now we just do 
uh, the Christmas Eve, then, you know, morning and then her parents' house and stay the hell in Massachusetts. Yeah. yeah. All right, good. And then we, we say, we love you guys. Yeah. From, but from a yeah, phone. From a bar, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, but it's so much happier now. So like, yeah. Tr- traditions are security for some people, you know, mm-hmm. especially in like the way things are now, you know, the world's being shaken like a snow globe, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, uh, and so to maintain a tradition is some kind of what, regardless if it goes as planned or not, it, mm-hmm. it's some kind of order in mm-hmm. a chaotic world, especially okay. around the holidays you know, where you're rushing, like you, you just described Jay, that was our Christmas for so long, especially when we lived in, in Richmond, Virginia. So we'd f- drive up, we'd spend Christmas morning in Gardner, Massachusetts. And then my, my, my parents used to live in Falmouth. So we would drive to Falmouth, you know, and then there was like a Christmas oh, before boy. that, the Christmas Eve thing, yeah. you know, the visiting family around Gardner and then there in Falmouth and then visiting friends, you know, it was all running around, running around, running around. But it's like there are the, the traditions where this is we read, you know, the night before Christmas and we, you know, some people have will open presents on Christmas Eve or you open presents on Christmas or you have mm-hmm. one, you know, so there's all that stuff. And it maintains this order. And I think that's another thing that Clark wanted. You know, he, he's like, mm-hmm. there's chaos all around me. So if we keep this tradition, it provides some kind of structure for the, you know, the madness. And we can just kind of make mm-hmm. it through that. You know, like there's a there, there's structure a, for the. No, go ahead, Chris. Structure for the madness. But this the structure for the madness. But the structure is the madness. Well, yeah, that right. So that may be the right? security thing. It's interesting. Yeah, and it's like yeah. I, it, it's not Christmas. It's like sometimes I, I like to say that. Um, see, I looked over my shoulder. Sometimes mm-hmm. I like to say <laughs> that you know when we're thin, <laughs> you know, it's it's not a holiday unless somebody's crying, you know, and it's kind of like and like so I described my Christmas last year, right? And it was just like wow, nobody's crying this year. Kind of weird. Not bad, just just weird, you know? And then, so I agree with you, Chris, that traditions are, you know, what dead people are telling us to do. And if you break them, it doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that you love your family any Mm -hmm. less and doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean Mm -hmm. anything. So, but some people need that. Yeah. You know, they need it. Like I still need to have clam chowder on Christmas morning because 25 years ago, or so, maybe even longer. My mother, who's a chef, who was a chef, um, she f- out of the blue made clam chowder one Christmas morning. And I woke up and I, I was like, what is that smell? That is not a Christmas smell. Mm-hmm. And so I went downstairs and she made this big pot of clam chowder. I said, why'd you make clam chowder? You know, it's eight o'clock on Christmas morning, you know? <laughs> and it's, um, and she's like, I don't know. I just felt like having clam chowder. And so I, I made it and that's what I want for Christmas. So I made it. I was like, okay. And it was weird. And then I had a bowl and I was like, this is awesome. Clam chowder for breakfast, especially in the <laughs> wintertime. Yeah. Friggin' awesome. All right. So every year I try to have clam chowder on Christmas morning. And we used right. to, my mother and I used to buy each other legal seafood chowder and I'd ship it there and she'd ship it up. You know, it was all mm-hmm. just a, and you know, it's not my, and then my mother's like, now my mother's like, you still do that? 
<laughs> that's <laughs> kind of gross, Mike. Obviously, it means a lot more to me, and just mm-hmm. because it, to me that's a connection with with my mother, you know, mm-hmm. who I don't get to see very often because now she lives in Georgia, you mm-hmm. know. So, and I haven't, and she's lived in Pennsylvania before that, so I don't see them very often. So that's like a tradition that I really like to have because it's like having, you know, my mom there, mm-hmm. you know, but if we didn't do that and it's like, we're going out to breakfast for this Christmas and you know, whatever. And I, I wouldn't freak out about it. Mm-hmm. No, I, you know, I just, but it's a security I, I, thing. That's the way okay. I feel when I'm eating chowder on Christmas morning. It's like, you know, this is good. This feels like Christmas to me. Yeah. I, it's not, I'm not trying to uh, say you people that do traditions are foolish. I'm oh, not no, here no, to judge yeah. that at all. I, it's just an interesting question because it can go either way. And again, like that's the whole, I hate to tell you, not to bring up another Christmas thing, but that's the whole point of how the Grinch stole Christmas, right? Everything went to hell, yet the Who's came out and sang mm-hmm. anyway, because that's just what they do. Um, man, it has another meaning at that point, but basically that's their tradition and nothing's going to stop it. And that's admirable. There's nothing wrong with that. Ah, screw it, throw it away, right? But then there's the other side of it that can drive you crazy too. So I don't know. It's just, it's just an interesting, uh, it's just a question I've been asking people of late. Uh, Cause I'm just curious as to where people mm-hmm. are, you know I mean? We do so many things in our lives that drive us crazy that aren't like Jason, like at some point you go, this is not pleasurable anymore. We have right. to stop this. And even though some people are going to go, but, 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 and Jay's like, no, this is te- uh, in my opinion, I love you guys, but this is making it miserable for me and I just can't do it. And if I can't do it, then like that. And so you want to say that the Clark, you know, like why, when, 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 his, when Beverly D'Angelo says, everybody's going home, Clark. And he's like, Oh no, no, no. We're in this together. We're at the, we're at the precipice of hell and we're sticking together <laughs> Four well, alarm holiday emergency here. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's just crazy to me because he has an out, like he has an out but he doesn't want to take the out, which is crazy to me because it's like, it just, we flopped this year, whatever. You know, you've gone this far. So, you know, you've burned down your Mm. tree. You've electrocuted a cat. You've, uh, (laughs) you know, feces laden chemicals into the public sewage system. You've, you've almost destroyed your neighbor's house as well as Mm -hmm. your own. Um, You know, he's probably like, all right, we've, I'm invested nobody's Mm -hmm. quitting now. Like, just like in the first one, we're all going to have a great time. We're going to go to Mm -hmm. Wally world, you know? And you know, it's like, they've been through so much stuff. You can't quit now. You got to see it through to the end. I don't know. Would you say that's, even though everything's like crap, would you say that's, that's an admirable quality? Ah, see, that's that's another dad. That's a debate. That's That's a debate. It's another dad thing. It's like, you got to follow through, right? You got to like, it's a pride thing probably, you know, but it's just kind of like, we've already gone through hell, Mm -hmm. you know, now let's, let's finish it off. Might as well finish it. I think that, I think that informs the last line of the movie because the last, I've always liked the last line. I don't think Chevy Chase is a particularly great actor. Randy Quaid's probably better than him. Um, and I hear he's terrible to work with. But the fact of the matter is, I absolutely adore the last line of the movie. It's just him by himself looking up in the sky. And all he says is, I did it. <laughs> and he says it in a way that can mean a thousand things. I survived, maybe. 
Um, I brought a, a good Christmas to my family. Um, I didn't, uh, I got my money from my boss. Um, I, I found the meaning of Christmas. Finally, maybe it was missing <laughs> until now. All he says is I did it. And the look on his face is perfect. And it's just like Randy Quaid's Randy Quaid saying, are you serious, Clark? Like it's very hard to read, <laughs> but it can mean a hundred things. And I absolutely love that moment. And yeah. I'll give him the credit he deserves in that moment because whatever he's, it means 10 things and they're all coming through at once. And I really like it. Like I and really like a, the, that, that how it, that's how it ends. I wouldn't say, you know, I, I'd agree with you on the, you know, like saying whether he's a, not a great actor, but he is a good mm -hmm comic um physical actor sure oh absolutely oh, yeah. like yeah, like yeah, you know yeah. what i mean like he was he was really mm -hmm. brilliant about the stuff he was doing like after the sap he was like oh very yeah. full a lot of sap but mm -hmm. then he's reading the, the the paper and he's literally having to grab a hold mm -hmm. of every paper mm -hmm. uh, like and everything he's doing but he's making it seem like it's stuck to his hand mm -hmm. so he's like you know and just and then he reaches and grabs the lamp Good night, honey. And then he grabs her hair. It's, it's brilliant. You know, like the way, and then he, the way he's falling off the ladder, uh, mm -hmm. jumping off. It, it was great. He yeah, does great work with the cat box. Yeah. yeah. That, it's not, he's doing that with the box. Right. You know what I mean? And you think there's a cat in that box, which is. And Randy Quaid licks her finger. That's jello. She's the cousin. Yes. She yeah. licks her finger. <laughs> she's like, I have to say that cat, the cat, not the electrocution scene, but the cat in the box scene when he shakes mm -hmm. it and the cat goes, Rah! and then it starts like going all over that to me, that's one of the funniest parts in the movie. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was reading a couple of days ago about their, their like initial showings, you know, when they're, what are they, the test showings mm -hmm. and, um, the movie studio wanted them to remove the scene where the cat gets electrocuted and they pull the chair up and the cat's like all, you know, the burned, you know, part of the cat is there. And the, the movie studio is like, that's a little too dark for a Christmas movie and stuff. But one of the producers stood up to them and said, no, this, this is crucial. And so they showed it during these test runs and a majority of the audience said that was the funniest part of the movie at that time. Mm -hmm. Which is to me, it to me, that particular part wasn't the box part was funnier than that to me, just because mm -hmm. Chevy Chase is a master of physical comedy, mm -hmm. you know. But it's just, mm -hmm. it's just weird that that's what people, at least in the test runs, got out of the, the humor in that movie was the electrocuted cat, <laughs> you know. We killed a cat in this movie, right? <laughs> like electrocuted up, it. It wasn't, hey, it wasn't a dog a, in part one. That's true. That's yeah. right. They but did. Because the, they, they tied it to the bumper and he took off. He forgot it was still there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and the Eiffel <laughs> Tower, too. You mentioned that earlier. That's right. The beret. That's right. Jeez. I'm not they sure about killing, part four, but. They um, keep killing animals. National <laughs> Lampoon hates animals. They hate animals. Well, either that or John Hughes does because he's the one that's writing these. Right. Yeah, true. <laughs> true. Absolutely. The caliber of actors in this movie is amazing. Sure. And I think. To me, and I, I, you know, after watching it today, I, you know, because I, I, like I said, I was very distracted when I saw it in the theater. I couldn't really appreciate some of the moments in it. But watching it again today, I'm like, wow. So you've got like, um, you know, the, the actors we mentioned, the, the uh, Michael Hickey and, and, and John Randolph, you know, those are, those are two actors who have been in tons of things. And we saw both of them in Pritzi's honor. They were amazing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you've got uh, E.G. Marshall in there. I mean, that mm-hmm. guy, you know, he's been, you'll recognize him. He's one of those guys, like, you may not know his name, but you recognize him immediately. And he's been in tons of things. And um, Diane Ladd, mm-hmm. you know, was in this. So you've got these these super high, like, seasoned veteran actors. I think they could have done more with those very talented people. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, not, I'm not saying, I'm not taking anything from Randy Quaid and, Mm-hmm. Beverly D'Angelo and Chevy Chase, but still, I don't know. It just seemed like they were always in the background and they could have been, I don't know if they had done more with them, it could have been maybe funnier, I guess that it just impressed me who they got to play these really small roles. They should have used them more. I, I agree, but I think, I think they're, I don't think we need a lot of character development from them because they're basically just an annoyance. Right. Like they're an ensemble. So, so that yes, yeah. so an ensemble of annoyance. <laughs> yes, that's that's exactly um, what. They so are. maybe maybe they got that caliber of actor because, or the reason they agreed to it is because they needed they needed a group of people that could that could act their asses off but not overshadow their role. Right. I'm okay. totally just grabbing at straws here, Mike. No, no, I, I might no. sound like completely full of shit. But but maybe that's what they're thinking because you're right they didn't utilize them right as much as they could but maybe if they did they'd be characters rather than just annoying right I understand what you're saying it's kind of like a it's kind of, you can say that about some musicians you know? right yeah like you can say that about Ringo Starr right mm-hmm. oh yeah he's, he's not such a great drummer it's like oh but he is because no, he's a very good drummer wouldn't sound like they do if he didn't play to the song instead of trying mm-hmm. to you know do something fancy or whatever. You know, so yeah, I hear what you're saying. That's kind of like the same thing. It's like these people know when to, they know when to make their move. They know when to hang back, you know. I forgot, is, was E.G. Marshall the white guy in Creep Show that had the cockroaches? Yes. So nice. Nah, it looks a, it looks a lot different. Yeah. yeah I think he, he got skinny. I, th- I didn't, I knew it was him, but I never put the two and two together. But yeah, that's the guy that said those horrible racist things. And, oh, yeah. With the cockroaches. All right. Okay. Yeah, that's him. Okay. Um, that that was what Beverly D'Angelo's father. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Also, so, if if uh, I can wait, if I can bring one more thing up that I I didn't notice mm-hmm. until and it was near the end. So when the SWAT team kicks in, they tell everybody to freeze, and you don't notice this until the wife of his boss comes. <laughs> but she goes, "Oh my God, are you okay?" Goes over this, and this is also this is the first time the boss gets Clark's name right. Is at the end of the movie, yep. he calls him like ten different names. But then mm-hmm. she introduces, or he introduces her to the to Beverly D'Angelo. She goes to shake her hand, and I didn't notice, mm-hmm. but then she puts her hand back where it was. She was grabbing Clark's package. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I had no. Yeah. I, I didn't even notice that until she put her hand back there. I'm like, has that hand? And I rewound it like three times, going, has that hand been there the whole time? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Why? What's going on? It's the family's there. Why is she grabbing the package right now? It's almost yeah, like right. she's pr- protecting her prize, I guess. Like, right. you know, yeah. like, like ah. and then yeah. like, it was just awesome. Um, <laughs> but let's see, speaking of family and, you know, with mixed between annoyance and hate and I, I love the fact that uh, Beverly D'Angelo's father is a, douche throughout this movie to Clark. He's always like, you know, always picking on him. You know, 
the beautiful arc and the really nice lights that didn't that didn't mm. light or whatever. Mm. But at the end, when he sees the 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 boss there and realizes that the the bonus has been cut, he's like staring him down, like you fucked with my family. Mm-hmm. Like right. it's like I can only fuck with my family. You can't fuck right. with me. <laughs> you yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? He didn't say that, but he had that yeah. look like. So, like, you know, I mean, they hated Clark drop most of them, but not that much. You just you right. only have to see that ending to learn that. Mm-hmm. But it was pretty great. Uh, so you want to maybe just do like a we'll do the final judgment. It's time now for final judgment. Are you ready to rubber stamp this bitch? Here's the final judgment. All right, so now that we have discussed uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, we need to decide whether or not it stands up to uh, the test of time. And uh, I'm going to go first, if that's okay with you guys. Uh, I think I think it absolutely holds up. There's, uh, I think it is is leaning towards a Christmas classic. Like, you have to see it at least once, or at least if it's on during the Christmas season, you're flipping through your sling or your cable or whatever it is. You can, you can stop just to see him go. It's the hap, hap, happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby danced with Danny fucking K, um, which is my favorite line in the entire, which is edited on TV, but um, absolutely wonderful. Uh, you can pick it up at any point in the movie. You don't have to watch the beginning to end just to watch a funny scene or so, which is nice and refreshing in a movie. Um, it's got just enough cursing. Uh, that, you know, a family can watch it and you just kind of, you know, earmuffs once and it's okay. Like I said, all the focus is on the Griswolds anyway. So there's nothing really that offensive. I don't know. I think it's, I think it's super. I think it holds up. And, um, and that's what I, that's my take. I think, I think everybody should see it. It's funny. So it holds up my, my stamp. Mike, you want to go? Sure. Um, I think, and while I personally don't think it's a great movie, it does have some fun moments. And like you said, Chris, you, it's really, it is one of those movies you can come in at any time and it's, and it's over the years, it's got those classic lines in it, like shitters full, you know, everybody (laughs) knows what that one's from, you know? So, and like I said, well, it's not one of my personal favorites. I think it has enough universal, it has, it has stuff in it that people that's timeless. And so therefore that's how I see it becoming a classic is that it's, it's got a lot of universal stuff in it that everybody can relate to. Mm-hmm. And I think that, and it's very toned down for a national lampoon movie. You know, they mm-hmm. made it that's a little true. more family friendly than the other vacation movies. And that's probably cause they wanted maybe to try to, you know, cause it's a Christmas movie, mm-hmm. you know? And so they, they maybe were going for the family friendly thing and, and, uh, and so that's why I think it, it, it holds up. It it's, I think it's aged just fine. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no like super dated material in it. And uh, so, yeah, I think it holds up only because that a lot of it's very relatable, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, it's got some funny moments. So I, I think it holds up. Cool. Nice. Absolutely. Sure. It holds up in my opinion. I've, I've seen it many times throughout the years. I try to, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I at least like to see part of it, if nothing else. Like, I, I can't say I watch it every year. I try, mm-hmm. but, you know, timing. It's not always it's not always our friend. So, but, you know, they, they do a good job also, like, in between at really making you feel it's Christmas. So it's not just 
Clark talking about it. Like the, the atmosphere is really good. You yep. know, like when they're going to town, like the music that they're playing, the, the imageries um, that they're showing. They even are doing that weird little advent calendar with nothing. You know what I mean? They, mm-hmm. It's just like they keep showing like the 21st, mm-hmm. you know, because actually I forget about that moment that they keep bringing it back. But like, cause I was like, I was thinking about it before watching it. I was like, it's hard to even tell how many days this, this movie mm-hmm. goes through, but then they, they do kind of tell you, but like, it's like, if you, you also can easily skip over that. Like I said, I like these visual jokes that I pick up over the years that I never saw before that other people might have to point them out to me. I love it when um, I keep forgetting her damn name. Um, uh, I keep calling her Beverly D'Angelo, but like the, the character's name. But anyways, when they're eating the turkey, that's too dry. Cause you know, that's a great moment. <laughs> the sound effect oh, and uh, gross, and, uh, you know, right. But they're, they're trying to eat it. And Beverly D'Angelo is going like this. Yeah. And then eat yeah. it off, off of an empty fork. And it's like, I never noticed that because I'm just focusing on the whole scene. And it's like, holy shit, she's throwing it away. Like just mm-hmm. literally, <laughs> you know, on the floor. So, yeah, it's, well, I guess it doesn't matter. Right. Dogs, yeah. you know, yakking on a bone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You got it up. That's right. You got it up. <laughs> and he's like, maybe you shouldn't let him, uh, you know, go uh, uh, eat, eat. Maybe you shouldn't feed him from the table. No, no. You probably uh, just going through the trash. Yep. Uh, oh, how about the weird, dark, uh, sick, uh, twisted thing that he says out in the yard when he says, can, can the youngsters, uh, you know, shack up with you? We could use some alone time. And he goes, don't forget the rubber sheets and the gerbils. And the gerbils. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. And I'm like, it's yeah. one of those moments. That, <laughs> see, because you could sit there and take it two ways. Yep. Rubber sheets because the kids are incontinent and there's gerbils. But then, <laughs> but then you know, she giggles when he yeah. says it. So you guys right. some sick, twisted thing. Yeah. So it's like, uh-oh. Mm-hmm. You, you guys took it down a dark road there, yep. man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like back alley type stuff um but either way i i don't know i've always enjoyed it it's a lot of fun like i mean there's some christmas movies they don't land so much with me but i mean that's what that's what we all uh love about this podcast we get to discuss mm-hmm. these things and you know so i'm glad mike i'm glad that we were able to not only uh do the whole show but yeah. yep. uh, get you to watch this movie for a second time yeah that's true yeah revisit so. i mean you know and i appreciate it more you know watching it, even though, uh, you know, it's not something I don't think I'd, I'd go back. Like I'd, I'd seek out, you know, but it's, it's probably now something like, you know, Chris, if I notice it on, I'll probably, you know, sit and watch it for a little bit now that I, I could appreciate it a little more. So yeah, it's a Just Christmas to, for me now, right? It's a Christmas miracle. It is um, us, everyone, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> cool, man. So um, if anybody wants to get in contact with us, it is uh, film crickets, 80, 99, filmcrickets8099 at gmail.com uh, if you leave us a five star rating and review on Apple Podcasts um, at the end of that pod, uh, end of that rating make a request so it's got to be a five star rating you know, and then uh, if you leave a request for a film uh, between 1980 and 1999 we'll do our best to cover it yep so, Christmas or not so uh, Thanksgiving next you um uh, I want to extend our uh, film cricket ha- Merry Christmas to you and your family. Uh, I'm really glad that you were able to uh, join us here again today um, for the, the third or twelfth time, whichever the case may be. 
And uh, once again, Breaking the Ice podcast. We're on the... Um, one hundred FM the pike. One hundred FM the pike. I listened yes. to the station yes. and I couldn't Mornings. remember the call numbers. Mornings at one hundred uh, FM the pike. Right. Breaking awesome. the ice podcast and then the Neil Young podcast. Uh, Long may you young. Which we found out recently. Neil Young, in fact, has heard a few episodes. So we were get the crap on here. Yeah, he, um, cool. he he. Someone wrote him a letter asking about it on Neil Young Archives, which is if you're a Neil Young fan, it's it's a really amazing site. He's got everything up there. It's a little overwhelming, but. Someone asked him about it. He goes, oh, yeah. Yeah, we've listened to those guys. They they have a lot of fun over there. That was that's what that's he it. said, right? So, wow. Um, so please uh, give uh, those podcasts a listen if you get a chance. Excellent. Yeah, but thanks right. for having me on, guys. This is a lot of fun. I love talking movies. And, uh, you know, it's, this has been great. So thank you very much. Thank Absolutely, you. And thank you to the Zoom company. So um, until, until next time, everybody, thanks again. And... Um, Make sure you watch those movies and have a lovely week. See y'all later. Bye. Boom, cricket, chirp about movies.